Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo right there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello marissa i'm standing today i know it's a whole new you the reason i'm standing is because we sold most of our dining chairs so now we only have two chairs but i'm standing regardless <laughs> Was that a two toasters? I tried to make it that, but it didn't really work out the way I thought it was. Marissa, big news this week out of the Lizzie McGuire community. News, 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 news. Hillary Duff got a puppy. <laughs> Hillary Duff did get a puppy. What is the latest on Hillary Duff's puppy? I don't know. Does it have a name? I thought you would know. I thought you follow her. I see you on her Instagram every day. I am on her Instagram every day, and I haven't heard anything about the puppy since they went to pick out the puppy. They went all There's, the way to, like, Pennsylvania to get it. They did. It's a St. Bernard puppy. Oh, I love St. Bernard's. It looks very cute. looks very cute. I think it's going to get big. Yeah, it is. I'm not seeing any names yet. Interesting. More to come. You'll hear it here <laughs> first, except probably not. You'll probably see it on Instagram first. Yeah, it would have to be real specific timing. It would have to be like we predict what the name is now, <laughs> and then she announces it, and then we'd be correct. So do you, I guess do you have a prediction? I don't. Do you? Yeah, I think it'll be called Mr. Jones, like the Counting Crows song. That's going to be way off, but... <laughs> I don't know. Sure. I think it might not be as off as you think. Are you saying you have a, you have a better guess? I'm going to say Lucy. All right. Wait, well, is it a boy dog or, or a girl dog? Unclear. Oh, so I guess if, I guess Mr. Jones has the potential to be way off. <laughs> if not Mr. Jones, my next guess is Mrs. Jo- or Miss Jones. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nope. It's e- no, I'm sticking with it. It's either going to be Mr. or Mrs. Jones. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait to see how wrong we are. <laughs> yeah. Marissa, how's everything going with you? Do you have some... News, 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 news. Of your own? I mean, it's our news. Yeah, it is our news. It's our news. It's not just my news. That's true. Sam is no longer my boyfriend. Nope. And I realized that when I said that, that that could mean one of two things, and it means the good thing. <laughs> We are engaged. This is it. We are through. <laughs> no, we are engaged. That is that is something that recently happened. It did. Irma, as I say, fiance. <laughs> I can't believe I just did that on the podcast. Yeah. You have to cut this. No, that's that's staying in. I am the one E fiance and you are the two E's fiance because yeah. French. Yes, we literally just learned that on Saturday. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. Good stuff. Before you ask, 
We have zero wedding plans. There is a global pandemic to deal with. And I mean, I think we wanted a long engagement anyways. And it's none of your business. Well, that too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so baffled though by like, I guess that is like the next question, but it's like, hold your hats. Yeah. That was our weekend. I had no idea, even though all the signs were there, but I'm notoriously oblivious. Like, I didn't even know that you liked me until it was extremely explicit back in the day. I know. You'd think you'd think you would have learned a little bit. You'd think you would have learned one or two of my tricks. You'd think even when the guy came to the door with the ring (laughs) that you would have known, but you were like, nope. Okay, in all fairness, my birthday is in two weeks. So when you said, oh, it's just a birthday present, that was a very believable thing. True. It is not a birthday present. It is, these are two distinct events. I just want to make that clear right <laughs> Which now. Which means that I am getting a birthday present in it does, two weeks. I do, I do have a, a birthday present for you. Do you want to know what it is? No. Would you like to, you always want to know what it is. You're not going to tell me what it is, even if I want to know. We'll see. But yeah, like dis- I just had such a flashback to the early days, the year 2013, Barack Obama's second inauguration, which is meaningful. That's not random <laughs> because we went to that. We did. It was it was so cold. And there was an inaugural ball that we got to attend, <laughs> which was just like a bunch of high it was school so groups. random. This was one of those trips that was like <laughs> organized by uh, one of those organizations that basically exist just to pretty much organize school trips so when they had an inaugural ball it was kind of just an event that they threw together with a bunch of different schools from different areas but the schools did not correspond in age so there was us and we're like juniors and seniors and high schoolers but we're at the same ball as people in like sixth and seventh grade (laughs) There were like a bunch of 11 and 12 year olds there Asking, like, what is grinding? How do you grind? <laughs> it's very awkward. It's a whole, yeah, there was a whole <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> so. But yeah, you kept wanting to dance with me, and I did not understand why. And then you got a nosebleed, and then that was your, that was your night. <laughs> and then you had to tell everyone that I got a nosebleed. Well, you had a no, every, people were asking where Someone you were. Someone elbowed me in the nose. No one was asking you Probably where I one was. of those pesky 12-year-olds <laughs> trying to no, grind with a- their elbows. No, no, it was actually someone from our school. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Whoops. And no, nobody was asking where I am because you were basically, by the time I was back in the ballroom, you were there too. Like this was post, this was post bleed. I was good. And you like actively went up to our teachers and I was there and you were like, by the way, Marissa's nose was just bleeding. <laughs> But nothing got on the dress. I saved the dress. That was my first thought. Yeah. But yeah. And then after the fact, telling all of my friends who did not go on this trip about that moment and about the dancing. And I was just like, yeah, he kept asking me to dance with him. It was, it was so weird. Like I, they were like, Marissa, Marissa. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a pattern of being fairly oblivious. I'm really good at reading people and I have a good gut on like people like I can suss out in like other people's relationships and I'm a fairly good matchmaker, I would say. A fairly good matchmaker. You've done it once and it worked out once. Yes, 100% (laughs) success. I don't think that that allows you to qualify yourself as a good matchmaker. That's that could easily be a coincidence. 
Well, my best friend is now married to the boy that she went to prom with <laughs> because of me. So I will take that 100%. Okay. okay. No, but I, I have a good I have a good read on people when it comes to like other people. But when it comes to me, I'm just so anxious and awkward. And I'm like, no, not me. Don't look at me. So it's not your fault. I'm hard to read. I should enter the World Series of Poker. But like you're not even that hard to read, which makes it so much worse. No, I'm not. You're just bad at it. <laughs> in any case, it was a lovely day. He proposed on the High Line in New York City. It's a park in the sky. It's a fun place. And you know, I did have an inkling moments before because I was like, huh, it's four. The sun will be setting soon. That's pretty romantic. And you have to make reservations to get onto the High Line now because of COVID. So you specifically picked that time. And maybe, you know, subconsciously somewhere deep I knew because I put on eye makeup that day. I did my eye makeup for the first time in like eight months. I was just like, I miss eyeshadow, so I'm going to put it on. And what a day to put it on. Gordon, lip gloss is important. But yeah, that is the big life update. Small life update. You finally watched Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso so much. I want to talk about Ted Lasso with everyone. And I'm going to make everyone I know watch Ted Lasso. I had already watched it as part of my aforementioned Apple TV binge. Um, my mission to watch everything on Apple TV Plus before they start charging me for it. But I watched it again, and it held up on a second rewatch. I know. Apple's going to force us to keep Apple TV Plus. Ugh, I hate Apple so much, but I love Ted Lasso. It's put me in quite a conundrum. It's just, you know, I, I was going to say it has a lot to do with, like, the strong London vibes. But honestly, the show holds up even if it wasn't set in London. Like, it's just... It's just so soft and pure and Ted Lasso is just a good guy. And, yeah. we, and we need more representation of just good guys who apologize when they mess up and bake biscuits from scratch for their boss. And just like, we're not allowed to swear on the podcast, but my one liner for the show is that it's just like a giant F you to toxic masculinity. And it's positive masculinity. And it's so good. Yeah. I think Jason Sudeikis is an underrated comedic actor. But I think that he really got to show a lot of depth with his acting in Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is just like a great show. If you're a sports fan, you'll love some of the references. If you're a fan of like bro comedies, you'll also love the references. Like they reference my favorite scene in Step Brothers. And I really appreciated it. And it's just a very... It's a very warm and happy show with a lot of emotion too, though. Yeah, it was wonderful. But it's a fast watch. It's only 10 episodes. So once you blow through that, you could do what we're doing now and just watch New Girl. I know. Which I've never seen before, actually. And you're enjoying it so far. I am enjoying it so far. I uh, I love me some Zoe Deschanel. Me too. She plays the, um, the school teacher much better than <laughs> the angry person a la Elf. Oh, yeah, this, this like, New Girl is just so perfect for the quirky, quirky character that she is. Although, I was just, I was just chatting with Nick, who was on the podcast previously, and he says that the last season was a little bit underwhelming. So now I'm like, should I temper my expectations a little bit? But I guess I'll see. I guess we'll see. He also told us season four of The O.C. was underwhelming, and look at the joy that that brought me. 
season four was incredibly underwhelming. You are the only person who liked season four <laughs> of the OC. That's true. Yes. We also watched The Queen's Gambit. Oh my God. All we do is watch stuff. All we do is watch Yeah, TV. we watched The Queen's Gambit. It was okay for me. It wasn't anything groundbreaking. You know, it had some cool costuming, in my opinion. They made it interesting for chess. I like chess. I'm not great at it, but, you know, I think that it's one of those games that strategically is very fun to think about. And it's crazy, like, when you read about chess masters, how, like, they get so in the zone and they're exerting so much mental energy that they can lose, like, 15 pounds over the course of a chess game. Have you ever seen that? No. Yeah, if you're like a really like one game, if you're like a really focused chess master, like if you play chess competitively, you have to like actually train for it because when you're in one of those games, apparently your body like it's kind of like playing a sport or like a physical activity and your body can lose up to 15 pounds. That's wild. I was reading an article on ESPN about it. Interesting. But I think I that's it. I think that's only if you're like the best. Of the, <laughs> I don't think like the average person <laughs> loses any weight playing chess. That's fair. I, I enjoyed it. I would watch a second season. I don't think there's going to be a second season. They marketed it as a limited series. Yeah, but and I don't think you know needs... HBO marketed Big Little Lies as a oh limited series. Oh my god! Series. Do not bring that up with me. <laughs> the limited series. So is mad a, at them. It's a loose term. They need to turn in all of the Emmys that they won. <laughs> It's a lie. They're liars. Okay. No, it's so annoying. Okay, let's let's, uh, let's don't talk get, about <laughs> don't get me on the big little lies. Okay, let's talk about Lizzie. Train. Let's talk about Lizzie. All right. We also this is the week where we have questions, right? Yeah. Do you have the question pulled up? It's an email from Crystal, and she has a lot of questions about this episode, and as did we. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Lizzie McGuire episode two hundred five working girl. In this episode, Lizzie learns about financial independence and Matt expresses his devotion to Miranda. Spoiler, this episode aired on March 29th, 2002. It's not a spoiler. It's a description of the episode. What do you mean? Um, Matt's crush on Miranda. We could have let that organically unfold. All right. So questions. What questions do we have? Yeah. So we got an email from Crystal and she said, I recently rewatched the episode where Lizzie gets a job so she can have, quote, financial independence and have so many questions. What is Lizzie's allowance? Why does Lizzie think she can get her friends free drinks on her first day? How did she not get fired for being rude to customers? I sure hope Lizzie never got a customer service job after the show. And then she asks us if we ever had jobs as a teen. So how do you want to approach? There's many questions uh, within that one question. I think we'll answer some of them throughout the course of the podcast. Um, Yeah. Do you want to start with the question about us? Yeah, let's start with that one. So Marissa, you had a high school job. I don't think either of us had a middle school job. I feel like there's only a very limited amount of jobs that you can have as a 14 year old. I was honestly shocked that she could even get a job. When I was 14, I was babysitting oh, I guess I was doing that too I had a pretty solid babysitting ring in the neighborhood when I was 16 and it was a customer service job when I was 16 I was a maxinista I worked as a cashier and I was on the floor occasionally at the TJ Maxx in my town Marissa did you ever apply to a job that you didn't get or was were you one for one on that too 
Do you mean like as a teenager? Yes. No, because I applied to work at the market first. Ah, uh, the market, um, the local grocery the store. The local market. That is called the market. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> they actually, let everybody into the market. I'm surprised you didn't get into the market. They just weren't hiring at the time. Fun fact, then your mom got a job at the market. Well, my sister did first. <laughs> That's true. Everybody in your family except has worked at the market except for you. That's embarrassing for you because they let in everybody, but not you. <laughs> That's ha, not ha, even ha. true. <laughs> it's all right. I also once applied for a job that I did not get in high school. I applied for a job. The market at- was all nepotism, by the way. They let you in if you knew someone. Your sister knew someone? I'll take your silence as a no. <laughs> why do you want to talk about me like i'm a failure because i'm about to talk about one of my failures (laughs) i i once applied uh as a teen for a job at cold stone creamery and it was a group interview and they brought in probably like five or six of us at a time but i guess the thing that i didn't really realize about cold stone creamery was that if they tip you you have to sing a song for them and so they made us all stand behind the counter and sing a song and I did, I did not get that job. I was not peppy enough. Okay, well, I think that your failure is worse than my failure because <laughs> at least, like, when I applied to the market, they just weren't hiring. So I didn't even get an interview. Yeah. But the first job I got an interview for was TJ Maxx, and I nailed it. Congrats. I also had a high school job. I worked at an unfinished furniture store, and I started off as a cashier, I was hired to be a cashier, but then they realized that I was also really good at building the furniture. So then they were like, we don't need you to be a cashier anymore. We need you to help build the furniture. So then basically I just put together chairs all day and that's how I became basically an Ikea master. (laughs) That is how we have a furnished apartment. (laughs) Yeah. I can tell you all about wood. We're in the process of moving and Sam just like saran wrapped our bureau that we're selling like a pro came in and I was like wow it's wrapped it's on the dolly yeah it's ready to go we're ready Ready to move out yeah I actually got a little bit muscular for a time now I haven't worked out probably since March (laughs) I think you can all figure out why that is but yeah so we both had customer service oriented the one thing I don't even know why I applied for cold stone creamery in hindsight, because the one rule that I made for myself was that I would never do anything to do with food because I think that touching people's old food or most things to do with food are disgusting. But it's ice cream. I guess that's why I made an exception. But like being a waiter or like being a bus boy, like Lizzie, just like not for me, like touching people's crumbs. And then like when you're at a restaurant, I feel like a restaurant on the scale of like one to or like unlikely to highly likely, like the scale of where someone might throw up is like highest at a restaurant. I don't know. I'm just not into it. I never want to work at a restaurant. I guess I don't have to now. (laughs) Fingers crossed. But yeah, so we both had customer service oriented jobs. Have you ever spoken to anyone the way that Lizzie speaks to these customers? No, but I also feel like her boss was like uncharacteristically rude. My my family would also come into the store where I worked on multiple occasions, just like looking around. Um, maybe they would buy something. And I feel like they obviously wouldn't have come into the store if I hadn't been there. But like if I went to talk to them about something 
or if like my brother stopped by the store really quickly to ask me a question, I wouldn't be immediately berated. Like I felt like that was a little bit, I don't know about you, but I feel like I had a much more relaxed environment. Oh yeah. No, Lizzie's boss was absolutely abusive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I worked at TJ Maxx, you know, who loves TJ Maxx? My mother. So, (laughs) So like, My family was in there all the time. And yeah, the assumption is like, you're there to work, you're working. And if it got busy, get to the cashier and ring some people out. But like, I would never get in trouble for like saying hi to my family. Yeah. So no, I never had an outburst like that at my old job. That's also just like not my personality. And I don't know where this personality from Lizzie came from. I was just going to say, it's like (laughs) so out of character. Or maybe it's more, I guess season two Lizzie is a little more fierce. Yeah, it was like an I want a bra outburst. I want a bra! (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And it wasn't like, I didn't really feel the need to get like a steady paying job as a 14 year old anyways, because it wasn't like I was buying anything huge. Like, I don't know what Lizzie is planning on buying. Yeah. Like I would make money babysitting, I guess, similar to you. And that would be enough. Like if I wanted to go to the general store in the neighborhood to like buy a bag of Funyuns. That's like a low bar to clear. (laughs) I thought you were going to say like, go to the movies or like. Oh, that too. I feel like the more common way that I would spend money was just on junk food at the store. See, when I was 14, what was I buying when I was 14? When I was 14, I was buying music on iTunes. Music on iTunes. That's a that's a good throwback. I was buying earrings from Claire's, clothes from Hollister. I was probably spending a good portion of my earnings on clothes. I think that was the year I was saving up for an iPod Nano also. Nice. The the square one. Yeah, you wanted to I had a mint green. A square one? Yeah. Like a shuffle? No. Remember when the Nano was a... Oh, I do. And it was all screen? It was like all screen. Yeah, I remember that now, actually. It was a huge deal. Yeah. And it was mint green. Yeah, those were kind of dumb looking. Oh, I loved mine. I wish I didn't... I sold mine on Oh, iPods were cool when they were classics slash videos and then they got stupid looking and now they're just non-existent i know i wish i still had mine it would it would be a relic yeah but i want to dive into the episode a little bit because obviously lizzie wants a job she wants to be independent she wants to have her own source of income and i feel like all of sam and joe's takes in this episode are bad i agree I mean, I guess in the beginning, it's like, fine, you can't have a raise on your allowance. I guess that's a fine thing to say. But I feel like the reason you would say no is for her to go get a job. But then when she wants to go get a job, they're still like, no. Yeah. Lizzie's like, I'm 14 now. I have more needs. And she doesn't want to ask for anything. She needs freedom. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. This whole opening scene bothered me. The way she went about asking and the inherent entitlement in it bothered me. Sam and Joe's reaction bothered me. <laughs> well, I think all of the takes in this episode come from a very like privileged space. It's like oh, absolutely. the only thing you should be doing is getting good grades and hanging out with friends. It's like a lot of people don't have that luxury. 
Yeah, this show really just throws all of its, like, upper middle class cards on the table. Yeah, like, I can imagine a lot of people watched this and were like, I wish. Yeah, like, kids who, you know, have a responsibility to maybe, like, watch their younger siblings so they can't always hang out with their friends. Or, like, kids who actually need a job to help, like, support their families. For sure, yeah. Like, the notion that you're not responsible enough to get a job just doesn't really, I don't know, a lot lot of of the people who want people to, who want their kids to get jobs because it's a way for them to learn how to be responsible. Like, how do you learn something if you're not allowed to do it? Yeah, and I think, I think the typical reaction when you want to get your first job, I don't know, did your parents encourage you to get a job or was this something that you sought out yourself? I think it was a little bit of both, but I think... Obviously, my parents weren't, like, opposed to me getting a job. They were a little bit iffy on the job that I got because they had never heard of the unfinished furniture company. (laughs) Um, But, you know, once they learned it was a real business that existed someplace, it was, like, glad that you have this job. And if I hadn't done that, I would have just been, like, I don't know, sitting around doing nothing. That's not true. Throughout the summer. Well, if I hadn't gotten a job, let's say, not that specific job, but, like, a job. Yeah, see, my job vibe was very much more of a, like, fitted in around everything else you do because I was just, like, annoyingly overscheduled in a way that I completely did to myself because I was just that person. But, yeah, I mean, Lizzie, on the other hand, seemingly does nothing. Again, no hobbies, no sports. Maybe I should develop some interest. So (laughs) I don't know why her parents are so worried about her balancing it all. Yeah, you can't juggle two things. That's just holding two things with your hands. <laughs> What's that from? It's from trying another Apple TV Plus that show. Was, <laughs> that was a good one, too. Cut to the weird cafe, and Lizzie is venting about how she can't get a raise on her allowance to Gordo and Miranda. I don't know, Miranda sees a sign that they're hiring at the weird cafe, and just like she'll probably experience in her adult life... <laughs> A man is going to take that idea and just run with it. Oh, I know. That was such (laughs) a, like, perfect. Like, that was just, like, maybe, like, a 30-second beat. (laughs) But it really just just, summed up everything. It's just a tough break. Because Miranda's, like... They uh, they just did it to be comedic, but, like, when you think about it, it's kind of sad. Because Miranda notices the help wanted sign and says, I think, like, three times, Lizzie, maybe you should get a job here at the Digital Bean. But Lizzie doesn't even hear it or acknowledge it until Gordo says the same thing. And then proceeds to add insult to injury by saying, did you say something, Miranda? Tough time. But yeah, so Lizzie is going to apply to be the new busboy at the Digital Bean. Would she not be a bus girl? I don't know. I wrote that down too. I think in 2020 lingo, it would just be a bus person. A bus? A bus. (laughs) She would be the bus. Yeah, it's like, why gender things that don't need to be gendered? I don't know. But in 2002, you would think it would at least be a bus girl. Yeah, you would think so. Questions about the hiring process, for sure, because she applies and is hired on the same day. I don't know about you, but when I was 14, I don't think I knew my social security number. (laughs) (laughs) No way. All All of the practical things you need to get a job, I don't think I would have known right off the bat, like whether to fill in one or zero. This seems very quick. Also, when you're a minor, you need like work permits and like a parent 
signature. Like in this world, she gets the job and then tells her parents that she got it. Yeah. But that's just not how it works because labor laws. Was this one of Crystal's questions? No. She asked though, what do we think Lizzie's allowance is? Why does Lizzie need a bigger allowance? I don't know. I didn't even have an allowance. So the fact Neither that she I. has an allowance at all is like, you know. It's privilege. Consider yourself lucky. Yes, it's all so privileged. Like, but her allowance is probably like $5 a week, if that. She needs the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do you want, $6 a week? Is that really going to make a huge difference? <laughs> and mean, the alternative isn't that bad. Like, Sam is like, just tell us what you want and we'll buy it for you. And she's like, no. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what are you saying? Gosh, my parents were like, if you want something, work for it. My parents weren't even like that. I'd be like, can I have this? And they'd be like, no. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. Yeah, I had to save up for any sort of big, meaningful purchase. And that was just like collecting enough like birthday money or like holiday money. Yeah. Until it happened. Yeah. I didn't get any sort of regular allowance. <sighs> the privilege oozing from this episode. For sure. So yeah, so Lizzie comes back. She has a job now, which is just like, again, a wild turnaround on that. She starts the next day and they were supposed to hang out at the mall, but Lizzie says that they should hang out at the Digital Bean instead. And she's pretty sure she can swing free drinks for her friends. Now this brings us to Crystal's next question. Like, why would Lizzie think she can get free drinks on her first day? I don't know. Free drinks is... Probably unrealistic. Like, I got an employee discount, obviously, at the place where I worked, but the idea that I could just take things for free is crazy. Also, I feel like a place like the Weird Cafe, there has to be some sort of reward system, right? You buy 10 drinks and you get a free drink. It does seem like one of those places. The idea that she can get Gordo and Miranda fr uh, free drinks seems highly optimistic. And again, speaks to her sense of entitlement. I think that's the theme of the episode. Lizzie is entitled. And of course, we have to get a free is Gordo's favorite number joke. Huzzah! <laughs> Any way to take the lazy writing way out. So then we cut to the Matt story. And Matt and his friend Reggie, who I, we may have seen once or twice before. Reggie might have been in the last kind of story that was about Melina, but I don't remember. I think he was. When he was the one who was like, dude, nothing is worth this. He's the Lanny that talks. Oof. And Reggie says that something is off and that even Lanny said you've been awfully quiet lately. That's when you know it's bad. Yeah. And Matt, we find out, is worried that Melina doesn't want to be friends anymore. She's found another kid to get in trouble. Jared Ferguson. She went to Jared. <laughs> and Reggie says, you know, maybe you need to talk to a girl. And Matt's like, I don't know any girls. Reggie's like, um... Lizzie, to which Matt replies, ew, Lizzie's not a girl. She's my sister and says that this is what rock bottom looks like. Yeah. So then we cut to like, I feel like it's two days later. I feel like they say something that makes it seem like it's not the next day, but the following day. And Lizzie is at home and she's cleaning up the dishes. She hasn't told her family yet that she's gotten a job, even though she was supposed to start her job yesterday. And... Then she basically just drops the bomb that, you know what, I have a job. And j like we mentioned earlier, Sam and Joe are both a little bit concerned. That's a big responsibility. And she has school, chores, homework. It's a lot to handle. Yeah. And hanging out with your friends. 
<laughs> How could I forget hanging out with your friends as something that you have to do? But Lizzie describes this as a win-win. I mean, it is a win-win. And it's a it's a win-win-win because they get her out of the house. They don't have to deal with her. They don't have to give her more allowance money. And she makes the money that she wants. Win-win-win. Classic Michael Scott. So Lizzie's parents are ultimately okay with this decision. They just wish that she had come to them first. But she is old enough to make her own decisions. So Lizzie leaves to go to work. And then Matt comes into the kitchen looking for her because he really needs to talk to Lizzie. Joe offers to talk to Matt, but Joe won't do. Joe's not a girl. Joe's a mom. All Joe wants to do is help. Come on, Matt. You can ask Joe for help. Then maybe you wouldn't have developed a crush on the person trying to give you help. True. So then we follow Lizzie through her first day at work. And her first task is rolling silverware. Now, Sam. The digital bean never struck me as a roll your silverware type of a place. Um, that's because it is not. Yeah. The digital bean struck me as more of a like utensils, if necessary, are organized by utensil and disposable and take what you need. Like what? Who turned this into a middle tier restaurant? Yeah. I mean, I have, I guess in my head, have always sort of made the comparison like the digital bean is a 2002 joe and the juice there is joe there is juice i think you're giving the digital bean way too much credit here <laughs> i what? i people think get of the coffee digital... at the digital bean people get smoothies at the digital bean the digital bean is like the in in the world equivalent of like a college dining hall it's more than a college <laughs> dining hall it's it's not it's not as sophisticated by far, as a Joe and the Juice. It's like a Jamba Juice tops. <laughs> I think you're giving Joe and the Juice too much credit. Joe and the Juice is nice. Joe and the Juice is foreign. Joe and the Juice came from Europe. This very clearly came from America. It's tacky <laughs> yeah. AF. That's true. <laughs> it's also like a computer lab. It's a college <laughs> dining hall. <laughs> very confusing. But anyways, Lizzie is rolling. It's a weird cafe. <laughs> Anyway, Lizzie is rolling a lot of silverware and she then picks up the tray full of silverware to, quote, put it on the floor. Didn't mean literally, but... Yeah, her boss only speaks in sarcasm. It's all on the floor. So she needs to roll more. Clumsy Lizzie. This was a terrible job idea for Lizzie in retrospect. I threw it on the ground. Lizzie is always falling. Yeah. Matt arrives to the digital bean unclear how he got there see that's how you know it's walking distance because matt got there no problem yeah but he's like 10 i don't know my parents weren't letting me walk places alone when i was 10 your parents wouldn't let you do a lot of things that matt does but yeah so he rolls in he takes a seat at the bar and he says juice me he gets juiced. Yeah, there's a lot of like references to child alcoholism in this <laughs> yeah. episode. There's like Matt ordering juice after juice after juice. I think Miranda literally says at one point that she needs a drink. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are these references? It was really, it was really strange. It was, it was pretty like, uncomfortable. These are children. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, go easy on the juice. It was, it was weird. I didn't like it. But Lizzie comes over to Matt and... He tries to talk to her, but Lizzie's boss intercedes. <laughs> Lizzie's uh, boss runs over like she's Ted Lasso just hearing a pun. 
And when you watch Ted Lasso, you'll know what we're talking about. She's like, no. Excuse me. Also, it just occurred to me that this woman goes the entire episode unnamed, correct? Boss lady. Boss lady. But yeah, Lizzie doesn't get paid to talk to her brother. She gets paid to roll silverware. And next up, she needs to refill some ketchup bottles. And she goes about this in the weirdest way possible. (laughs) You're going to have a really bad day. (laughs) Yeah, so nothing's coming out of the ketchup. And so what she decides to do is look into the ketchup and squeeze it (laughs) as she's looking in so that it promptly gets all over herself. Squirting ketchup all over herself. And this is happening as Gordo and Miranda arrive and ask how Lizzie's first day is going. So this has to be the day after. This isn't two days after. Oh, I guess so. I don't know. The time, I feel like the timeline they messed up, but. Who's surprised? Not me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's very apparent that Lizzie's first day is going about as well as having, you know, ketchup all over you. Matt's just you know, he's down in the dumps. He's sad. He is, quite frankly, in an abusive relationship. He likes it, though. Yeah. The thing he likes causes him pain. Oh. The thing you like causes you pain. Maybe he needs some aversion therapy for Melina. Because, like, objectively, Melina is a boss. But also, like, the way she treats Matt is not okay. No. And the fact that Matt likes it is also problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Matt can't talk to Lizzie. Lizzie's busy working, and he doesn't know what he's going to do. He needs to talk to a girl to get a girl's perspective. Miranda, you're a girl. Yeah, and Miranda goes on to have an encouraging conversation with Matt. She kind of hypes him up, like, you're a great kid. Yeah, it's full of cliches. Oh, totally. (laughs) And if Melina can't see that, she's not worth it. There are plenty of other girls who would be lucky to go out with you. And Matt's response is that he immediately develops a crush on Miranda and invites her over for dinner. Yep, that's what happens. Then we cut back to Lizzie's house and it's after work. And, you know, Lizzie is kind of in her feelings a little bit. The first day of work didn't go as planned. She just didn't realize that work would be so much, I don't know, work. I'm hurt, I'm tired, I'm hungry, and I wish they'd vote me off this island. (laughs) The audacity. (laughs) The audacity that work is actually not about doing whatever you want whenever you want. You, like, have a boss. That's crazy. Yeah, you're not free. And the idea that Sam is lecturing Lizzie about having a job, so rich. (laughs) Go to work. (laughs) Go to work. (laughs) I don't think we say that enough. But Sam McGuire, go to work. So Lizzie gets called into the kitchen or rather, I think it's more like Matt tells Lizzie that she's wanted in the kitchen to just get Lizzie to go away. I think that's actually what happens. And this is so Matt can give Miranda a card, but not just any card. It's like kind of a love letter. Well, you forgot to mention that Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda are, like, talking on the porch, and Matt's, like, kind of peeking out from, like, behind chairs and, like, through the window to spy on them, and then just, like, pops up out of nowhere like a gremlin. Oh, yeah, Matt is creeping. (laughs) Creeping. Yeah. Has a spy shack. Yeah, and then he gives her the card, and Gordo kind of sees what's happening the whole way through. Gordo's, like... Gordo is a troll in this episode. He exists to troll. 
Yeah. And so the card is a love note, but it's also like a pop-up card. And it has like Matt and Miranda as a medieval king and queen. Yes, with like the bodies are drawn, but the faces are like cut out from a picture. Yep. It's their faces. It's pretty terrifying. As indicated by the screaming sound effects. Love some sound effects. Yes. Gordo is like, look at what you did. Matt is totally over Melina because he has a crush on you. Good job, Miranda. If this wasn't enough to convince you, maybe the next scene will be. They're back at the weird cafe. Lizzie is working. She tells Gordo and Miranda to sit there. Don't buy anything until she's off in 15 minutes. Gordo stop hacky sacking. And that's when Matt walks in and he probably has a Miranda pin that's like eight or nine inches in diameter. (laughs) It's huge. It's like half of the size of his chest. And he also has like an I heart Miranda license plate. He's gotten a lot of these things put together really quickly. I know. That Miranda swag is just like ready to go. It said on the subtitles, romantic music. It was like birds chirping. Yes, this is when Miranda is mortified. And this is where she says she needs a drink. Mm -hmm. And Matt says, one drink, two straws, coming right up. Also in the cafe... For the first time in this episode, we have Kate and Claire. And if you thought that they were going to be here to do something nice. <laughs> Doubt it. Yep. They exist solely to troll Lizzie's working experience. What a dirk. As Lizzie walks by, Kate flips her cup over to spill her beverage all over the table and floor. Lizzie immediately gives them attitude, which again is not like Lizzie. She's like, okay, which one of you did it? Yeah, and this is not a good look in front of her boss. No, her boss over here is because her boss is everywhere. It's a small cafe. And Lizzie seems to be the only other employee on duty. Yep, now she has to clean and apologize as well. Yeah, get a rag, clean it up, and apologize to the customers. And this puts... Lizzie in her sort of worst nightmare of a situation where she is forced to apologize to Kate and Claire who clap and flip their hair because that's what mean girls do. They flip their hair. Mm -hmm. Then we cut to the next morning. Lizzie is in her bedroom. The alarm goes off um, and she, you know, turns it off and she's still in bed in her pajamas. And this is when Sam comes in. He's like, hey, are you going to work? And Lizzie's like, of course I'm going to work. I don't have a choice. This is where like Sam goes, oh, but you do have a choice. You can always quit. Yeah, not what I thought Sam would say. And not what Lizzie thought Sam would say either. Lizzie doesn't want to quit. She says that earning her own money makes her happy. Sam's like, you don't seem happy. And he says that the great thing about being a kid is your only job is to get good grades, to hang out with your friends, and to be a good kid. And you're doing great on all accounts. And Lizzie just wants to be independent. Yeah, she hates running to her parents for every little thing. When will I be old enough to trust when I'm 50? And Sam's like, but I'm your dad. You're supposed to ask me for stuff. And then Lizzie asks for a ride to work. We get a three-way phone call, but it doesn't include Lizzie. She's working. I know it includes Matt. So Gordo and Miranda are on the phone. Because Gordo and Miranda hang out as two people a lot without Lizzie. Lizzie's just busy. (laughs) Always. And Matt has given Miranda a bunch of balloons. 
with their faces on them. There's being Matt's face and Miranda's face. But Matt's face is not only like his normal face. He's given himself like a full goatee beard situation. Maturing. <laughs> Suave. Miranda calls Gordo and kind of yells about this. And Matt beeps in. And Miranda's hello is, I would say, harsh, right? It's reminiscent of when she screamed move. Move it! <laughs> <laughs> Same vibe, same vibe. And Matt says, I love the way you say hello. Matt is smitten. Miranda flips back to Gordo, who says, just tell Matt you want to be friends. But Matt asks Miranda if she'll go bike riding with him later. He just asked her out on a date. And Gordo says, if you don't do something quick, you're going to be Mrs. Matt McGuire. But Miranda has no spine, and she says, okay, to go on a date. Yeah, I don't know. With a 10-year-old. I don't get why she says okay. I don't get why she can't just say no. It's weird. This is also inconsistent with everything we know about Miranda. Yeah, Miranda's the one who, this is a Lizzie move. Not that Lizzie would go out with her own brother, but I'm just saying like if Lizzie's in an uncomfortable situation, she just sort of, she dislikes confrontation so much. She just like. Like with Larry Tudgman. Correct. Like a storyline we've seen before. Correct. Oh my God. What? (laughs) What? Miranda's supposed to, you know, be more direct. Or so we think. She is not. So she says, okay. And then we are back at the Digital Bean. And we have a customer who is a tad bit of a germaphobe. And I related to him deeply. I was here for everything he was saying. He was right on all accounts. Lizzie is terrible at her job. At the same time, though, he could have done this himself. So the customer is concerned that his spoon is dirty. But as we've said, the digital bean doesn't really strike you as somewhere that you would need to ask an employee for more silverware. You could just go get more yourself. Yeah. He just, he asks for a clean spoon and Lizzie's pretty rude from the start. Like her first reaction is, sir, you're eating a bagel. You don't need a spoon. I mean, she's not wrong. But customer service 101, the customer is always right. Just go get a spoon. Okay, that's objectively not true. The customer, that may be the idiom, but the customer is most assuredly not always right. I know, but customer service 101. I dealt with a lot worse than Lizzie at the max, and I could never speak to a customer that way. Yeah. Yeah, you ever have someone yell at you? Because they are trying to return an item that has no ticket and no receipt. Therefore, no way to identify that they even bought it at your store. But they are trying to get money for it. Yeah, they're not and right. it's your fault. Nope, they're, you're, they're not right. They messed up. People don't like to admit when they mess up. But sometimes, you know what? You messed up. You just got to live with it. Take the budget rental car approach. Yeah, I just threw some shade at you, budget <laughs> rental car. You canceled. Canceled. At another, at so bagel. So there's a couple things happening in the scene. So there's bagel guy, and then at an adjacent table, there is a father and son, and the child is just making a mess, just like smashing his food up. Yeah, he has a muffin, but for some reason, he thinks it's more fun to crush up the muffin into little tiny pieces and just throw it than consume it. And the father thinks it's cute, like. This is not a cute moment. This is not cute. You are wrong. My parents would be 
reprimanding me. <laughs> but the dad not only thinks it's cute, the dad is also like throwing the muffin with your the child. Behavior, your attitude are just so <laughs> bad. It, it was pretty bad. Like in some ways, like like Lizzie goes off, but she did get like the worst group of customers. Yeah, I mean, you didn't even mention Kate and Claire yet. No, we're not there yet. So, yeah, so she picks up some of the muffin off the floor, throws it in the trash, gets a new spoon, brings it back to Spoon Guy. Spoon Guy is like, you just touched the floor and then touched my spoon. Your spoon is not clean. I need a new spoon. So, Spoon 2, dirty. Boss comes over, is like, Lizzie, you need to take out the trash. So then Lizzie takes out the trash and then tries to get the guy another spoon. And the guy is like, you just touched the trash and didn't wash your hand. Dirty. Need a new spoon. And this is where we get the moment. So again, Kate and Claire, you know, they pull the same move essentially that they pulled the other day. They spill their drink. They're not very imaginative. No, but they spill it on the floor. Lizzie slips and falls. And this is where she goes off. And I think we're going to play the clip. Yes. Okay, listen up. That was not an accident, all right? And my job is hard enough without YouTube rats making it worse. Lizzie. And you see this mess? I'm not cleaning up. I'm not cleaning up after anybody in this whole room. And you, little muffin boy, you see this right here? You eat this muffin or you put it in the trash can, but keep it off of my clean floor. And Mr. Spoon Boy, you don't need a spoon to eat a bagel. You just don't. I came here trying to do my job so I didn't have to ask my parents for money anymore. I want to be free and I want to be independent. But no, obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, Lizzie? And you, you're always telling me what to do and always asking me for things and that's not being free or independent at all, now is it? You're absolutely right. You done? Yes, I feel a lot better now. I'm so glad. You're fired. Fired? I'm fired? Eh, don't feel too bad. I go through three busboys a month. So that happened. Yeah, not great. The blocking in this scene is very strange because Lizzie's doing a, a, lo- a really long monologue, but most of it is like facing the camera and all of the people that she wants to yell at are behind her. Yeah. So she keeps having to like turn around. <laughs> yeah. Really weird blocking choice. But yeah, you should not yell at your boss like that if you want to keep your job. <laughs> I, I like how she's like, and you, you're always telling me what to do. Sort of like what a boss would do. That's not being free and independent. Yeah, getting a job is not about being free and independent. If you wanted to be free and independent, go be like a street musician. She probably should have done more research. And they spent so much time at the Weird Cafe, they probably should have noticed that there's a continuous rotation of busboys. Yeah. (laughs) And then they could question like, huh, why is there someone new working here again? That's like a busboy a week almost. Yeah. Like, you think they'd get the hint that, like, this is not a place you want to work. And also, this boss is so out in the open with all of her bossiness that how have they never noticed this before? How is this the first time this lady has really come into anybody's view? I know. She's all over Lizzie. I know. But, yeah, my standout moments in that scene were, one, when Lizzie picks up the bagel and puts it in that guy's mouth. Yeah, he probably did not think that that was very sanitary. 
and two after Lizzie gets fired and just like the audible Kate and Claire laughing at her in the background. So they're clearly friends again. Yeah, clearly. Didn't last long. Everything is a one episode arc and nothing exists before the episode or after the episode. We've been through this before. Yeah, they're totally cool with each other now. Yeah. It's like them denouncing her never happened. So then we're back at Lizzie's house and Gordo is coaching Miranda on how to break up with Matt. Again, Miranda is 14, Matt is 10. Miranda's only ever practiced trying to get somebody to go out with her, never having to break up with somebody. Correct. Matt sees Miranda and says that she's early, didn't even have time to wrap her present. That's when Miranda says, we need to talk. It's never a good sign. Yeah. Matt's like, is there someone else looking at Gordo? Yeah. And the answer is yes. (laughs) No. And the gift we find out are shirts with Matt's face on them. One just has Matt's face on it. And that's the one that Matt wears. Just a shirt with his own face on it. And then the shirt from Miranda says, I'm with. And then Matt's face. Yeah, that's not how these shirts are supposed to go. (laughs) And then just as Miranda is about to break break up with Matt, I put that in quotation marks because, again, this isn't any sort of actual relationship. Melina marches in and Melina is very upset. Yeah. Are you trying to steal Matt away from me? Matt is... Mine, 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 mine. Yeah, Melina says, just because you can't find a guy your own age doesn't mean you can steal mine, which is a sick burn. Yeah. (laughs) You're just a rebound girl. If anyone's going to get Matt in trouble, it's going to be me. Got it? So now Matt fully on board, fully back on the Melina train. And in his mind, he thinks that he broke up with Miranda. I mean, that's how Gordo sees it, too. That's true. I mean, yeah, Miranda just got dumped. Yeah, by Matt. By Matt McGuire. That's pretty funny. And then Lizzie walks in and announces that she has been fired, but it's okay. If she was always working, how would she find time (laughs) to spend all of the money that she was earning? There is a lot of lines I dislike in this episode, and that one might take the cake. And she's just now so behind on her friends' lives. They need to catch up. And they go into the kitchen, and Lizzie opens the fridge And what is in the fridge but an entire cake that Matt baked? And the cake says... So Lizzie takes this cake out of the fridge. And how does she not see the words on the cake when she's taking it out of the fridge? Lizzie is as oblivious as me. More oblivious. (laughs) The cake has I heart Miranda right on the top. And Miranda's like, no, no, no. Can't do that. So when Lizzie goes back to get milk, she just goes for it. Yep. Just scrapes the frosting off. Frosting is good and just digs right into the cake and And ruins it. Thanks a lot, Miranda. And that is the end of the episode. It is. Feels kind of abrupt. And again, okay, so here's the thing with this episode. Like, what are we supposed to take away? I mean, what are we ever supposed to take away? I think the takeaway here is uh, if you are a child, don't get a job. Your job is to hang out with your friends, get good grades, Be a good kid. Be wealthy. Come from generational wealth. Yeah. Don't accept handouts, but complain when you don't have things. Not even that, but it's like complain that you can ask for handouts. Yeah. (laughs) Like just ask me. Ask and you shall receive. No. 
No. Too stifling. <laughs> yeah. I need to be free. They want to give us health care. Can you believe that? I want to be free. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. <laughs> I don't know. It was a weird episode. It had some fun moments. I liked the B story. I thought it was interesting. Uh, an interesting twist. But yeah, the A story just came out of nowhere. Like where this is not the weird cafe that I'm familiar with. A whole new cafe showing that consistency on this show or lack thereof is not limited to the characters. It also applies to the settings. Yeah. That is episode 205 for you. Uh, Yes, indeed. Ready to talk about some outfits? Yeah, let's talk about some outfits. So... Nothing really to talk about. I gotta say that the star of season two so far is Lizzie's Tiffany necklace. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's the only thing of note here in the opening scene. I feel like the the rest of the outfits are kind of just whatever. Even when we get to the cafe, you know, pretty understated outfits from Lizzie Gordo and Miranda. Let's talk about uh, Lizzie's work outfit. Because it looks like she and her boss have matching polos, matching gray polo shirts. Do you think that they gave her a polo in addition to the shirt? Or they were like, you need to get a gray polo to work here. Oh, I mean, it could be either way. Because she has a digital bean apron. Yes. But no she, name tag, though. No name tag. You'd think she'd have a name tag. Yeah, you would. But yeah, I mean, like at the market, there was a dress code and... You had to provide your own, like, white polos to wear under your aprons. So it could be self-provided. Could be. Matt comes into the digital bean, and he's rocking the turtleneck. And this is a thick turtleneck. turtleneck. Thick turtleneck. It honestly looks like, uh, I think my mom had that sweater in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. That's the vibe I'm getting. Like, 90s sweater. Uh, Gordo's look is starting to change a little bit. He's not always wearing a t-shirt with a button down over it. Now, sometimes he just wears regular long sleeve shirts. I know. Variety. Crazy. And Miranda is once again rocking some sort of American flag print. This wasn't my favorite Miranda look, but I guess we can get to that later. Before we do, we have another Matt turtleneck. Yes, Wow, turtlenecks on turtlenecks. This is a white <laughs> turtleneck under a quarter zip sweater. This is the Miranda pin look. And then we have what is big news. Cartoon Lizzie gets a new look. They redrew her. Real quick, just for a hot second. That's a big deal. They gave her a ponytail? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's working, Cartoon Lizzie. Yeah, we get a working Lizzie. She has the apron. She has the ponytail. I think it's notable. Okay. Well, there's a reason why Cartoon Lizzie looks basically the same in every episode because animation is work. Next outfit that I have, sorry to just switch topics, but I just cannot get over the way that Sam McGuire chose to wear a baseball cap. (laughs) It's like he just placed it onto his head, but didn't like pull it down. on top of his head so it's just kind of like sitting on top of his head it makes his head look twice as tall you're right it's awful (laughs) and he's inside the house why is he doing this embarrassing dad you're such a dad god dad 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 on the three-way phone call miranda is wearing a tie a tie for a phone call you say (laughs) she's more dressed up than sam mcguire lately 
I know. And she's got like a tartan hat. And Matt's wearing a collared shirt. He had to dress up for his phone call. Huge collar, though. It's kind of like a Blue's Clues shirt. Oh, yeah, a little bit. His hair's extra spiky, too. So the spoon guy is here in the digital cafe in, like, shirt and tie. Um, It's either the digital bean or the weird cafe. What did I say? You said the digital cafe. <laughs> so who cares? You know what I'm talking about. Um, But, yeah, he's here. He's like a... Is he a businessman? Like, what kind of people are frequenting this cafe? I do not know. This is all so confusing. I don't know what vibe this cafe is supposed to. It also looks... Because here's businessman. Here's young child with his, I don't know, with his father. It's so strange. I don't know what the vibe of this place is supposed to be. It also doesn't look, like, objectively speaking, it doesn't look very nice. No, not really. Oh, here's a better look at Miranda's shirt and tie. I didn't realize that it's like a pirate shirt. It looks like she has three skull and crossbones <laughs> on it. Miranda's punk. She wants to be, but she can't even break up with a 10-year-old. Miranda's listening to Fallout Boy. That's all. That's all the outfits that, That's all the that, outfits. that we have. Okay. MVP. It's bleak. You go first. You want me to go first? Yes, please. My MVP this episode is going to go to... A character that really said what was on her mind, really let the people have it, really just, you know, went on a long uh, monologue that really just kind of took the bull by the horns. My MVP this episode is going to go to Melina. You thought I was going to say Lizzie. I knew you were going to pick Melina. Yeah, you knew that? Yeah. I like that you were setting it up in a way that there could be a twist, but I know you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I think Melina's the MVP here. The B story was my favorite of the two stories. And Melina is kind of the uh, the whole reason that story is even a thing. And then, you know what? She comes in, twists. She really does like Matt. Matt is hers, and she knows it. <laughs> she she really the- lets Miranda hear it, you know? Because Miranda, like, why can't you do what this 10-year-old girl can do? Come on, Miranda. How old are you? Yeah, Melina knows her worth, and she has the confidence that Lizzie and Miranda can only dream of acquiring. Yeah, so Melina is my MVP. Who is your MVP? I don't know. Can I pick a least valuable player and say all of them? Can we, like, subtract (laughs) points? No. I'm going to give it to Matt. Really? You're going to give Matt McGuire an MVP? I am. I get that. He, He saw a shot, and he took it, and it worked, kind of. Yeah. Not in the way he was planning. I mean, Miranda was kind of like leading him on a little bit. Miranda didn't know how to say no. He was taking the cues that he received. Yeah. If nothing was too outlandish, it was all very... It was was cute. It was just like a little kid with a crush. It was just a bike ride. It was just a bike ride. Matt got farther with Miranda than Lizzie has ever gotten with Ethan (laughs) Kraft. So... It was a weird storyline, but I also appreciated, I think... It's less about the Miranda stuff and more about, I appreciated how willing he was to even go and talk to Lizzie. That felt big. And even though he didn't get there, that felt like growth. Yeah, I think that felt like growth. Marissa, you giving an MVP to Matt has made this very, very interesting because now Lizzie has 15 MVPs and Matt has 14 MVPs. So it is very, very tight between number one and number two. Wow. Tight race, tight race. Yeah. 
Did we hit all of Crystal's questions? I believe we did. Sweet. I loved those guiding questions. Yeah. So that is a wrap on episode 205, Working Girl. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at OutfitRepeatPod and email us at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. Yep. This episode, as always, will be uploaded to our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash OutfitRepeaters, and it will also be available on any platforms where you can find podcasts. And be sure to tune in next week when we talk about episode 206. And the winner is... Who's the winner? Find out next week. (laughs) I want to know who the winner is. Bye.